590 The Fan. I'm Ben Ash. Brent Gunning, off sick today. Um, Toronto Maple Leafs at home against the St. Louis Blues tonight on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. So Morgan Riley not skating as one of the six defensemen at practice yesterday. We understand he has an in-person hearing with the Department of Player Safety, the NHL. We don't know if that has already happened, if that's happening today. But it seems the Leafs are pretty pretty well uh, of the understanding that he will not be playing in tonight's game. Last year in the 15 games they played without Morgan Riley, suffered that knee injury. They were also without TJ Brody for a good portion of that. They were 12-2-1. The Leafs have some weird stats when they're missing some of their best players. Without Austin Matthews, they're 35-19-2. Like, obviously, you're better with those two players, but 12-2-1, playing some of their best defensive hockey the season a year ago without Morgan Riley and a large part without TJ Brody, and 35-19-2 without Austin Matthews. Last week, we were talking to Craig Simpson about how the, well, the salary cap uh, sheet is is top-loaded, but also, like, the ice time is 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 top-loaded, and the depth guys, uh, what comes first, chicken or the egg here? Are they not performing because they're not getting enough ice time, or are they not getting enough ice time because they're not performing? And Craig talked about the idea of force-feeding those guys some ice time. Now, Max Domi, in the meantime, is starting to get a few more minutes per game. Maybe a good opportunity to see what Timothy Lilligren looks like in an elevated spot in the lineup. He was skating alongside TJ Brody at yesterday's practice. Let's talk to Gord Stelic, co-author of Revival, the chaotic, colorful journey of the 1977-78 Toronto Maple Leafs. How's it going, Gordo? Well, it's good. Yeah, another color, uh, chaotic, colorful journey, I guess, uh, this season in many, many ways for the Maple Leafs. Mm. I, I, okay, before we get to the Leafs for a second, you're, you are a guy that's not... Uh, you know a thing or two about morning radio, okay? So yeah. for, I, I'm I'm just uh, in my first year doing morning radio and trying to understand, you know, what to do in certain circumstances. So this morning, Brent sent a text to everybody involved with the show that he was not feeling so great. And, uh, you know, he, he just buckled down and he did the first hour of the show and I told him, you can go back to bed. Um, what, what, are you, what are you supposed to do in that instance? Like, I, I've also woken up, you know, in the morning and not felt at my best. What are you supposed to do if at 4.30 in the morning you can't come into work? What if, like, both of us was sick? What was going to happen then? Well, you know, I got to tell you, Ben, because uh, I got told, and I guess Jeff has a party's under the weather, too. So, I, I mean, I did the morning show, I forget, like about seven years, eight years, whatever. And uh, it was sort of uh, the night before there was understood a time that you kind of was your deadline time because they always got somebody else. I never... Actually, like you were going solo today, and I, hey, it, it's not a problem. You've done it before, and, mm-hmm. you know, you you try to maybe load up with guests or go longer with guests, but the point is in the morning. And I think I think nowadays, I think a lot of it with COVID, it's understood, stop being a hero. Like, I came in some days, and it must have been torture for the listeners, right? Yes. You know, your your voices, your bear, they oh, what a oh, trooper. Yeah. Yeah. Now, th- those were the good old days. Yeah, what a trooper, but the content sucked. His voice was killing me, so <laughs> anyway, I, I applaud you. That's uh, That shows about, um, you know, thinking on, being able to think on your feet, or I don't know if you're sitting down or standing, but whatever, mm. just that. So uh, I'm sure you'll come through, but yeah, that's that's kind of uh, one of the un- un- unexpected perils, for want of a better word, of uh, of morning radio, and you know, when you're used to being a tandem, it's just you just got to adjust, right? It's just I don't know if people understand that, but that's an adjustment for you this morning to kind of, you know, go at it a different way, a show that's designed for co-hosts normally. Mm. 
Yeah, I don't want to say like hero, but like, yeah, I mean, you can say it. Like, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of a hero, you know? You're the wind. You're the wind beneath our wings. Listening this morning, how about that? Actually, you know what? Let's let's have that conversation at the conclusion of the show. It's not over yet, Gord. Like it can it can very easily. Not even close, over. Ben. No. <laughs> you don't have to remind me. All right. So let's start uh, with the basics with the, the Morgan Riley play um, because we haven't heard the supplemental discipline uh, yet, and, and you know the in person hearing allows it to be more than, than five games. What did you make of the play, and what do you expect the punishment to be? Boy, you know, this has been a great three-day topic. Like, so it's the perfect storm as far as so many layers to it. And uh, uh, just uh, also Morgan Riley, historically, or for a few years, you go, wow, he has a chance for the Lady Bing Trophy, which is unheard of for defensemen. So, uh, okay, so my uh, my take on initially was, say, about three games, okay? And am I being biased? I don't think I'm being biased. But anyway, it's about three games. I know the Leafs were caught by surprise, the fact the in-person hearing they still can, don't have to give you more than five games. Everyone, you know, oh, well, that means that they've decided that, you know, six is the number. So you, can, you get in the debate, okay, Austin Matthews' two-game suspension is kind of comparable for what he, what, you know, his stick to Dolan, Darlene, you know, whatever, and in the heat of the battle. But then it seems like they're looking at David Perron's six-game suspension earlier this season. So, I mean, I mean, that's kind of what I thought off, off, off the cuff. So I think they'll probably go somewhere around five. I got it. You know, it's the thing now about, again, we just talked about the old, I don't like using the word old school. I don't mean it that way. I just mean about, and I guess, okay, Ridley Gregg, when you break it down more, he wants to be Brad Marchand. I mean, that's the way he plays. He wants to piss you off. He's a, he's an agitator. He does that. He also, apparently the word after was, he was trying to stick it to all the Leaf fans who take over, you know, the arena in Ottawa but, you know, I, I know they came out behind them yesterday, as they should, the Ottawa Senators. But, you know, if I was a, a guy on a team and that was Ben Annis, I'd say, Larry, hey, Ben, don't do that again, okay? Mm. You know, or, or, or if you're going to do it, you better expect something. Maybe yeah. not a stick to the face, but make sure you're, you're aware you're going to get something because that's, that's not a regular hockey play. So, uh, and, and the other funny thing, Ben, I wonder – I wonder how much was Morgan Riley again? It doesn't, you know, you know, the act is what is going to be judged on. But how much was it that, you know, the, there, there's a pressure. It's been a, it's been a, you know, uneven season. After the All Star break, here they're going to lose two out of three. Ottawa, there's a rivalry. Now they're going to lose three out of four to Ottawa. Austin Matthews almost scored. Now you're giving up the empty netter. You're pissed off, and this is all going through you. And then he takes a slap shot. You know what I mean? I almost. Uh, think i know jeff merrick mentioned that yesterday because it just seems such a extreme reaction but you know on the other hand this is what the least were criticized for with the brad marchand thing that nobody reacted in kind you know whatever it was a number of weeks ago so i still think this is going to be and i hear i'm sounding old school well received by his teammates i think they're going to say you know this is what we need now then what you don't need is uh, is your number one defenseman out four or five whatever number of games it's going to be no, don't shy away from that opinion, Gord, because, no, that's the, that's the correct opinion, that that was needed, it was necessary, and, okay, right. yeah, you don't want to cross-check somebody in the head. I don't think that was Morgan Riley's intention. Um, he, he, the initial point of contact is actually on the arm, uh, and it slides up his arm into his face and ends up uh, being a cross-check that's going to cost him, whatever, uh, probably around five games. But, yeah, no, if you're talking about... One of the, the 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 fatal flaws, at least perceived fatal flaws of this team over the last half decade, it's been 
not necessarily the lack, lack of pushback, but like the lack of emotional energy that, that, yeah. that, that they feed off of. I, I don't, and we haven't heard from anybody around that team, honestly, anybody covering that team that, that, that thinks negatively of that reaction. I, I think what you're talking about, and you know, you, the, the reason you're you're so afraid about sounding old school is because of like Twitter. It's like the, there's this there's this <laughs> there's this subsect of of people that comment on sports that don't really watch sports and just want to get outraged at like the the I don't know the the toxic masculinity that sometimes exists in sports and they want to see it everywhere. But I think sports fans and hockey fans can all see that play and say, well, really, Greg, yeah, okay. It's it's not something you would tell somebody to do, but it's also like an entertainment product, and it's a battle of Ontario, and it's also a Senators team. You want to talk about the Leafs being upset at at the the second half of the season and and where they find themselves standings wise. Like look look at the Senators. You think anybody in that dressing room is ecstatic at, at the way this season's gone? I, I don't have an issue honestly with with either participant. In, in Saturday's end-of-game events. And I, I think where the real discussion comes is is the parsing down of the supplemental discipline that happens afterwards. I think if you're if you're really going to take the optimistic view, it, it it is a good indicator of of this Leafs team caring more than maybe previous iterations. Well, you just articulated it perfectly. That's ex- ex- exactly it. Like, what do you want to see from this team? What do you want to see in the playoffs from this team? And, and that's exactly it, more of that. And from a guy that doesn't, you know, that's the whole thing to talk about. It's not supposed to be Ryan Reeves or Matt Martin years ago. It's it's a team under, you know, a team that reacts to appropriately when instances happen that didn't in the Marchand thing, whoever was on the ice. But in this case, Morgan Riley, who's not known as a, you know, a heavyweight or whatever, is the guy that reacted properly. And you before were um, giving out the statistics because uh, about how they played last year without Riley. And I remember that then really well last year mm-hmm. because, and this is what happens. Like, you know, um, and it's funny, you're also talking about Craig Simpson's uh, line about the chicken or the egg. And you, you know what it's like that if you constantly are someone that gets few minutes and that's always the case, then you always think like a fourth liner or always think like a third pair defenseman. You know, when you're there's there's a more uh, worrisome element of making mistakes. And all of a sudden, if your ice time is increased, whether it's because of an injury to somebody else or a suspension, it gives you a chance to maybe embrace a different role, you know, like Luke Shen embraced a very different role last year, his time with the Leafs rather than being the sixth or seventh D like he'd been for a few years. So last year, I remember that vividly that all those defensemen were injured mm-hmm. and whether it was TJ Brody playing awesome, Giordano playing a whack of minutes and God rest his soul. I mean, he's still alive, but Justin Hall, <laughs> you know, is probably his last stand that he played really well. Yeah. You know, they, they 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 saved Kyle Dubas from having to make a trade for a body just to get a body in over that. So so you know it's not it's never the end of the world. I mean we're talking about a Leaf team without injuries to their star players. Like most teams have an injury or two or generally around. That's part of the game. Well, they really haven't had that to their star players so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I rattled off the the ice time in that first game without Riley a season ago in mid November, and it was yeah. Justin Hall, 25-03. He played in a 2-1 win yeah. over the Devils. Giordano, almost 25 minutes in that game. This is obviously a diminished version of that. Rasmus Sandin, he played uh, 22 and a half minutes. Timothy Lilligren played 19-04. So he's the guy that gets the obvious bump up, right? He's he's going to play yeah. alongside TJ Brody. This is a guy that we've all been waiting for him to take that 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 star turn where he looks like a legit top four guy and maybe a top pairing guy. Like if you could ever... 
get him, you know, up the the lineup and and be a natural right-handed uh, partner for for Morgan Riley would be ideal. Um, is he the guy that that you're most interested in in how the the added minutes impact his play? Yeah, because then you know in this uneven season as a team, he kind of exemplifies it. He's had a pretty uneven season, and you know he's been steady in the past for a good chunks of it. But you know it's funny, kind of last year it's weird in the playoffs. Aside from Riley and Shen, you weren't overly thrilled with any of the defensemen's work yet. You know, uh, the, uh, you know, and then yet the offense is what failed them, not scoring more than two goals in, in seven, you know, the last seven consecutive playoff games. But anyway, you know, TJ Bode's the guy. He, he's the guy that I, I'd like to see him step up and, and like he did, during, like the others did during when he was hurt with Riley last time. So, yeah, it's, it's sort of, there's just, there's just a lot of, there's a lot of blah about how certain players have played this mm. year. I mean, you know, I was just chatting about the other day that, okay, you can say that the Leafs were a top six team, whatever the number, top five, whatever you want to say in the last couple of years, how you handicapped them. And now you're saying, are they a top 10 team? Like, I guess Florida supplanted them, right? I mean, the Leafs were supposed to supplant Tampa Bay and Boston and really haven't done that. And now Florida... You know, even though Tampa Bay's behind them, you know, but just, you know, now Florida seems to have gone to the head of the line in the East. So it doesn't mean you can't have more playoff success. That's ultimately going to be the litmus test. But, yeah, you're kind of going, geez, this, there's all this optimism and whatever. And, and I, I retain that optimism, but it's just like, oh, man, you're kind of taking a step back and your your guys aren't 30 years old. They're supposed to all, you know, they're they're in their prime. And, and uh, the star players, I still think, are star players. They're great to watch. So you look at the depth and other things. But just as a team, you're you're not as thrilled as say you were two or three years ago. No, and you know I do think that the the perception around this team it's not you know it's, I I don't think they're challenging for a Presidents Trophy, but I think it's a lot different if they get better than league average goaltending the way they did a season ago. And part of that is the 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 team surrounding the goaltenders because yeah, Ilya Samsonov had uh, Ilya Samsonov had a near 9.20 save percentage last season, but we mentioned those those 15 games without Morgan Riley and how stout defensively that entire team looked. And they brought in guys in Tyler Bertuzzi and Max Domi that aren't exactly known for the defensive acumen, which might be playing into that. But also, you're allowed to have more than a 900 save percentage, which is where the Leafs' team save percentage sits right now. And it looked like man, Samsonov was really, really finding himself before the break. Right, those two games against. The, the Winnipeg Jets were, holy cow, all right, we're, we're back to normal. And, ha- and how does that change this team's perception going forward? He's stubbed his toe a little bit in the first two games for him post-All-Star break and Martin Jones. I, I think that's more along the lines of what you would have expected to see out of him on Saturday against the Ottawa Senators. I know Joe Wall was a, f- a full participant in, in practice yesterday. He's not going to play tonight against the Blues. But, like, where are you just in overall sense in, in relation to your feelings about the goaltending? Well, um, you, you know, probably like everybody that uh, with trepidation, you, you, I'll, I'll argue a case for all three. And if just one of them gets hot at the playoffs, as we well know, that's all you need. And they've all shown snippets of it. But again, if you just want to look at the Atlantic Division, I mean, Boston has the dynamic duo. Bobrovsky's now found himself in Florida. And Tampa Bay has Vasilevsky. And he's still Vasilevsky, even though he was a little bit more on the ordinary side against the Leafs. So you're kind of saying, well, you're number four in your division in goaltending, you know, and goaltending is about as, uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 important commodity in the playoffs as anything. But then you're saying, okay, look, if you can get the kind of goaltending like Vegas got last year in the playoffs for not big names, then that's all you need. 
You know, you just need because um, again, to go back to it, the teams that I liked that felt were better, maybe had a better chance for the Stanley Cup. I was a big, big Freddie Anderson guy, and for there, there were so many positive about Freddie, except in the playoffs. You know, he got too harassed, or he got any, you know, anybody else. You know, that that's just what happened. And so, like in these cases, maybe you're not getting this quite the kind of regular season goaltending that Freddie Anderson provided consistently, but just takes one of them to be on their best game when you're in the playoffs. But again, I'm qualifying it, right? I'm not saying, yeah, let's go. We got Jake Ottinger. Yeah, we mm. got Thatcher Demko. Yeah, we got Connor Hellebuck. You know, we like that. You don't have that same kind of feeling. Uh, before we let you go, just like uh, flipping back to the the Riley situation and, and the pending decision that's going to come down, I imagine before today's game uh, against the St. Louis Blues and Morgan Riley going to New York for an in person uh, in person hearing with the NHL's Department of Player Safety, um, which means that they can suspend him for more than five games. So Sheldon Keith alluded to it yesterday. He also alluded to it at the conclusion of Saturday's game that. These Leaf games get outsized attention because they're the Toronto Maple Leafs and they're on Hockey Night in Canada and it's a Battle of Ontario. And, and then maybe that impacts the, the supplemental discipline that will be handed down to Morgan Riley. I mean, we're putting the cart before the horse here because we haven't seen it. Maybe it gets no games. Maybe, that would be a shocker if they, they just slapped him with, the, with a fine and said no suspension. Uh, why'd you waste your time coming all the way to New York City? But no, I, I do think it's, it's going to be in and, around, uh, in and around the range of four to six games. Is there... An argument to be made that the Leafs should be flexing their 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 muscles a little bit here, that they should be applying the full court press. And I don't know, maybe it is Brandon Shanahan that traveled with Morgan Riley to New York City because he's not alone in that room, right? Like, is there an argument to be made that that should be one of the arguments made to uh, the Department of Player Safety that this is this is being unfairly scrutinized because it's the Leafs because it's Hockey Night in Canada? funny because the modern day current department of player safety i mean uh, it's a subtlety because there always always was you know uh discipline meted out but really it's brendan shanahan's baby you know when he started it whatever number of That's years right. ago that job in the nhl but uh, i know with jason spezza when he got suspended uh they were successful in getting it knocked knocked down a game or two and i think then if it's something like six games they're going to try to do that again appeal uh for whatever it means i i'm I mean, the Toronto angle um, about that, uh, if, to Sheldon Keith's point of view, yeah, everything, everything gets, like if it happened in Anaheim, would he be better off? If it happened in Arizona, um, you know, maybe. I mean, I don't think it's an argument because the Department of Player Safety would, would take that as questioning their, what, what do you want to call it, their integrity or what have mm. you. I, I, think it's, I think it's a good observation. You know, it's, it applies to everything. And, and uh, if they, whether subconsciously do that, that we have to send a, um, a, a more direct message because it's Toronto. Um, I'll give them the benefit for the doubt that it doesn't come into play. But mm. you know, it's a, it's a, it's it's a, it's a it's a poignant observation by Sheldon Keith. All right. Okay. Is it is it also just circumstance that Maple Leafs on Saturday had their second game in which they received no power plays in a game this season? We're just past the All Star break. Uh, of all the teams uh, ahead of them in the Atlantic Division. None of them have even a single such instance in which they've had no power plays in a game. We know over, over the last half decade plus, they've been one of the teams with the fewest power play opportunities per game. Uh, is, is, there, is that just like tinfoil hat stuff, or does that have to do with the, the market and the, the scrutiny that's on the Toronto Maple Leafs? And in the, in the NHL, maybe subconsciously, but pushing back at the outside perception that maybe they get a favorable whistle. 
So, you know, I, I go back to my day, but, you know, Ben, if you and I are working in the front office right now, we're talking about that a lot and we're pissed, right? Yeah. And we're, and we're believing, we're believing that, you know, that's, uh, I, I remember, like, it's funny, uh, like a uh, referee, Paul Stewart, you know, who was not, who was no shrinking violet. I remember he was in the American Hockey League, you know, you, you sort of do the American Hockey League and you get the odd NHL game or what have you. And, he, you know, he said once, I'm, a, I'm at Maple Leaf Gardens November 7th, the Montreal Forum November 21st. Like, it was in his mind at the start of the season, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. These are been, and I remember once he talked about stuff like, yeah, I love calling a penalty shot against the home team, you know, stuff, you know, <laughs> you know crap like that, right? Whatever. And so I don't know if he was articulating honesty and so how some officials, how some officials feel. Um, boy, I just had a, a great um, fan forum with the officials for the All-Star game and just what, you know, uh, one thing I miss is running into the officials. Uh, I don't miss all the travel when you were running into them, but just, you know, quality, quality people, and it's a very tough game to officiate and all that usual stuff. I mean, I'm on side with that, but, you know, and it used to be more Montreal because the NHL office was more in Montreal than now it's in New York, right? Mm-hmm. And you, you felt that when you went there that, yeah, you were getting breaks because, you know, um, you know, Brian O'Neill was the number two guy. Clarence Campbell had been the number one guy, was there, whatever, and, yeah, the league bent over backwards for Montreal. Now, Montreal just had a hell of a team <laughs> most of the time, but you did have that kind of perception. And, and it's human nature, and, and you know what? It, it, there may be some validity to it. You know, all of a sudden, you're on, you're on this stage as an official, and subconsciously, you know, that's what happened. Or the other argument is you have to play the game a certain style to draw penalties, yeah. right? I mean, that's, no, I there's always that. been that, you know, that, that you got to stick your nose into things. you got to Michael Bunting it a little bit that you – you draw as many as you take at times, but uh, it's uh, it's interesting. And the fact is, you lost two out of three games last week, and that's how you start talking. Rather than if you won two out of three or you won three out of three in the on the week, that these kind of things creep in. Yeah, and you don't want to make excuses for your players. Um, but yeah, I I don't think it's the worst thing in the world to start building this like oh the the league hates us, uh, not mentality, <laughs> but like narrative, and maybe sending him uh, you know video clips of of all the calls that were missed on this Leafs team and. And and the compilation, as Sheldon Keefe said, of, of all the similar type um, instances to, to Morgan Riley's on Saturday that didn't receive six games or whatever he's going to get this weekend. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, you know, you, you know something else, Ben, is uh, Wendell Clark made a great point about one of the things is, like, you look at it, the Leafs always seem to have a, well, they have a way better road record than home record. And you're going, geez, like, the other teams are killing it at home. Right. Why can they not make Air Canada Center, Scotiabank Arena, whatever you want to, you know, like, well, like, why, why isn't it got that thing you walk in and, oh, my God, I hate coming here and all that. And, and Wendell's line always is, like, you're down 3 nothing because of the visiting guys coming in. And he, he was not saying it as an excuse or complaint. Mm-hmm. He was just giving the context of perspective as a great Leaf who also played for other teams and understood what it was like coming into Toronto. And that was not one out of, 80, one out of 41 road games for the average bear on a team. That was a special, special game coming in. So that's... So I think that's legit. Like you got you got exceptionally motivated uh, local people coming in for their you know maybe only one appearance in Toronto or one of very few in Toronto, and and that that part I agree is a reality. Now if you're a great team, it doesn't matter, right? But mm-hmm. but I think I think that is a, that is a, that is legit if you want to call that a bit of a 
a bit of a bit of an obstacle for for playing with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, I get it. You're a pro athlete, and you should get up for every game. But you know, 82 regular season games, it's just like I, I think it's physically impossible to to be at your highest emotional level for all of those games. But here's the reality, especially for Western Conference teams that are only here once. Like that is one of the games that you know for sure. And the the Dallas Stars had like a hype video about all their Ontario guys and, and how excited they were to, to, to come to Toronto. Those are those are the games that they circle on the calendar. And those are the games that they're up for. Like that one, I don't think there's much of a debate. You, we can debate the officiating thing and, and whether Toronto is a, a, or the Leafs are officiated uh, unfairly. But yeah, the, the, I don't think there's any debate that, you know, opposing teams come in here and look at their best. And that's, that's, it's a, impacting the home record of this Leafs team. Um, they're at home tonight against a motivated St. Louis Blues team. Uh, Gordo, great stuff as always. Thanks for this, buddy. You are a motivated Ben Anastay. That's all I can say. This is not one of your 41 road games, Ben. No. <laughs> this, this is special. This is, I circled it on the calendar. Uh, thanks, Gordo. Okay, see you, pal. Uh, Gordo co-author of Revival, The Chaotic, Colorful Journey of the 1977-78 Toronto Maple Leafs. Leafs without Morgan Riley tonight. I mean, they kind of tip their hand here, right? Like if if they're they're not allowing Morgan Riley to speak to the media because they don't want him to say something that will be interpreted in the wrong way by the Department of Player Safety, you could have just had him skate in his normal spot and practice yesterday and say, "Well, we're still of the belief that he's going to have this meeting and there's not going to be any suspension." Which obviously like wouldn't have been the case, but I don't know if you, if, you, if you're trying not to tip your hand or 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 you know, change the decision that's coming down before tonight's game. You could have done that, but no, Morgan Riley skating is an extra defenseman yesterday will not play in tonight's game against the St. Louis blues. And I imagine there is a decision forthcoming today at some point. And I would bet dollars to donuts. It's exactly six games. And that's too much. Um, Luke Fox of Sportsnet and Sportsnet.ca has a great story out on Sportsnet.ca right now. You know, this is the benefit of reporting is that, you have direct quotes, and Luke earlier this season got a direct quote from Ryan Reeves when he wasn't playing and started a maelstrom there, and it's great, great digging by Luke Fox. Sometimes it's on the record. Sometimes it's not on the record, and Luke has an anecdote in his most recent piece on sportsnet.ca about how frustrated the Toronto Maple Leafs are behind the scenes at the potential of uh, more than a five-game suspension for Morgan Riley and the... Uh, in-person hearing allows them to do that. We'll talk to Luke next as the Fan Morning Show continues. Ben Ennis, uh, Brent Gunning's sick today. It's Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Big guests and bigger opinions on everything happening in Leafsland. Real Kipper and Born. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sportsnet 590, the fan. I'm Ben Ennis. Brent Gunning is sick this morning. Luke Fox doing a great job covering the Toronto Maple Leafs for Sportsnet. And Sportsnet.ca joins me on the line right now and taking some well-deserved time off after the All-Star break. Luke, I didn't... I was looking for the long uh, one-on-one feature on Tate McRae. I never got it from you. What happened? (laughs) I'm sorry to let you down, Ben. Okay. All right. Next. 
Next time. <laughs> Next time. Yeah, in 20 years when the Leafs have the All-Star yeah. game again. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so loved your, your, your story on sportsnet.ca uh, today about the, the reaction to the Morgan Riley reaction to the Ridley Craig slap shot into the empty net and then the reaction to the word that he will have an in-person hearing with the Department of Player Safety. Like, first of all, nuts and bolts of this. Has that already happened? Did, did that happen yesterday? Could that happen today? Do you know when that hearing is? Yeah, it's happening today. Okay. So hopefully, usually they announce a verdict before the player's next game. And so they, they've taken a little bit of time with this one, which is interesting because the, the event occurred Saturday night. And we're already Tuesday morning and the hearing hasn't happened. So it's going to happen today. And I'd like to think we'll find out before uh, puck drop um, on just how long he's going to be suspended. But the fact that it's an in-person means it can be more than five games, mm-hmm. which was kind of stunning news. I know I was surprised when I saw that that notification on my phone that it was in-person uh, just because... It gives them. The, it doesn't mean it's definitely going to be more than five games, but it gives them the leeway to to slap them with a, a pretty hefty uh, suspension here. Yeah, and this was the pull quote from your story that I, I talked about earlier on in the show. Behind the scenes, the Leafs are incensed that Riley's cross check has risen to in person scrutiny. That that's good stuff, Luke. Um, yeah. What what does the organization think of of what could be coming down the pipe, and how ready to be even more incensed are they in the coming days? Well, I, ticked, I think they're ticked off enough that if it is a big one, we will. I wouldn't be surprised if we see an appeal. And I, I, I think back to the Jason Spezza one. Um, you know, not. I mean, obviously different infractions. Um, this was in in twenty one in in Winnipeg, but Jason Spezza had kind of had a similar reputation that that Morgan Riley has, which is a very squeaky clean player. I mean, Morgan Riley, we were talking about him as a potential Lady Bing candidate just a couple weeks ago. He hadn't taken a penalty uh, basically through the first half of the season. He's, you know, regarded amongst his peers and teammates and everyone as as one of the cleaner defensemen in the league. Um, And Spezza had a similar reputation. Uh, He snapped in in a a retaliatory manner against the Jets, a really heated game. Uh, he was slapped with six games. The Leafs thought that was way too steep. They were really furious at that point. They appealed it. They eventually got it down to four. But what happens is with the appeal process, it, it drags on so long that I think he only, he, I think he actually pl- uh, sat out five games and only, you know, saved himself one game. Right. Now you get the you get the money back mm. um, because uh, suspensions they they ding you on a prorated rate of how much you get paid per game. So he got the money back. But the where the Leafs are right now, fighting for playoff position, it's less about the money and it's about not having your number one defenseman sit out um, you know, more games than, than is necessary. So it's going to be a, a really intriguing one, I think, when this ruling comes down. Uh, hopefully later today we get news. Yeah, I I I would bet that they're they're going to appeal it. I mean, there's the nuclear option of actually like playing this thing out in the court of public opinion, by which I mean Brendan Shanahan taking to a microphone and like voicing his displeasure at this ruling or Sheldon Keith being a little more pointed. Like he's kind of tiptoed around the fact that hey, like there's some pretty curious looking stick incidents over the years against this team that haven't resulted in six game suspensions that the uh, Morgan Riley could be receiving. 
today. I mean, how likely do you think it is that we get a more pointed, direct comment from either Sheldon Keefe or, like, again, the nuclear option of the team president or the general manager, I suppose, uh, Brad Treliving, uh, stepping forward and, and, and saying that this, this ain't right? Yeah, that'd be interesting, especially because Shanahan in particular, we don't hear a lot from publicly. And Trey Living hasn't spoken. Uh, I think the last time he spoke was when he was talking about the William Nylander contract um, that he negotiated. So uh, that would be interesting if it rose to that level. Um, you know, yesterday was, was I was a little bit surprised that Sheldon Keith played the, the Toronto card. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he basically said, we get, this a little more than other people. There's more attention, uh, more scrutiny around our games, and he feels a little bit hard done by. And we've seen this in the past, uh, whether it's talking about suspensions or, you know, he's suggested that we always get team's best uh, performance. Uh, there's been comments about how our guys get plucked off the waiver wire more than more than other teams and and i think there is a little bit of nugget of truth to that right like you're just every player every play just gets gets more hype and the fact that this incident occurred saturday night hockey night in canada national audience uh you know name brand player in in morgan riley and the fact that it's very unusual like you know i was asking a few guys yesterday have you ever seen this at any level and Mark Giordano, oldest guy in the league, said he's never seen never seen it. Yeah. He said, you know, he has seen a guy fire a puck into an empty net after the buzzer goes or after the whistle goes, yeah. and that's one thing. But he's never seen the the full slap shot. So the fact that it's like a unique uh, incident, it's a bit of a, a flipping of the bird, basically, by by Greg to the Leafs and their and their fans. Uh, it it's kind of touched a lot of buttons here. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll, see what, what happens, but I, I think, you know, people are, are kind of reserved before the ruling comes down. Uh, you know, so he hinted at things, but he didn't, he didn't go off, but if the ruling comes down and they feel it's way too heavy, then at that point you got nothing to lose. And maybe the comments are more pointed or maybe we hear from someone higher up. I don't know. I mean, that's that's my mo when I get pulled over for like I don't I don't want to be d- 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 talking about you know I I'm not always getting pulled over for speeding, but in the brief <laughs> instances that it has happened, you 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 play the nice guy card up until the, the the ruling has been ruled down, and then you know yeah you, know, you can really speak your mind at that point, and uh, I have I've taken the opportunity to do so. I mean, is there is there a benefit for me? There's no benefit. It's just like I feel better, but and and maybe that's all it is for the Leafs. Like, will is there a, a real benefit to to well the comments that were already made by Sheldon Keefe yesterday? But if they get more pointed, like is there? We see this in other sports, right? And I I, I don't know if the Leafs have done this, but I, I'm pretty sure the Raptors have literally compiled a video package of all the calls that they didn't get throughout the course of a season before. Now this is in the before times before they won a title, but like we have seen teams maybe not let it be known to the outside world, but like they, they have actually come to the league and said, Hey, this, something's not right here. Something needs to change. Like, do you think there could be a benefit in actually pointing this out in a very public way? Um, that's a good question. I, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure. I don't think there's a benefit like before the fact and, you know, it, it was interesting that, you know, Morgan Riley, we've asked to talk to Morgan Riley, whether it was after the Ottawa game or whether it was yesterday when he practiced in full. And, you know, the, the, the rule is you're supposed to allow the, any healthy player is supposed to talk. But, of course, they're shielding him, um, I think, just because they don't want to 
throw any more fuel on the fire before the hearing. Um, same thing in Ottawa. Greg was asked to talk and, and he declined. So I, I think every it's in everyone's best interest to to play things relatively quiet and calm before. Uh, if it's if it's a hefty one, maybe they 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 might feel like they have nothing to lose yeah. um, to complain more publicly. Generally, I find with this regime, um, maybe even dating back to Lou, but certainly with with Dubis, is they they like to try and and take the high road on things. You know, we've we've uh, us as reporters, we've asked questions about controversial calls and before, and usually they don't cause too much of a think about it like they don't really go off mm-hmm. um Sheldon Keith definitely ha- goes off in game against the referees and is and has been fined for it in the past but usually by the time he cools down and goes to the podium they kind of just take the high road you know that there were some que- follow-up questions about the Toronto stuff yesterday and he basically said that's not a question for me mm-hmm. um, but you can just tell by the body language that <laughs> there is a feeling there is definitely a feeling that they are getting hard done by here. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't, I don't want to go too far on this until we hear the right. number. Yeah. Is the number six? Is it three? Yeah. You know, um, and, and, and I think the benefit for the Leafs here, so for fans worrying that they're going to lose their, their number one defenseman for a long time, is Greg is, is fine. He practiced in full yesterday. Mm-hmm. So that, and he got up, you know, he's not injured. So that, is in Riley's favor. Also in Riley's favor, uh, like we mentioned before, is his squeaky clean record. He's not a dirty player. Uh, and, you know, I think George Peros, uh, I would like to think that he comes from the school of thought where, yeah, that's not cool to take a, a slap shot into an empty net and rub your nose in it. Mm. You know, he, you'd like to think he, he understands why there was a response. Should he have cross-checked him in the head? Of course not. He should have, you know, hit the body, dropped a stick, and just grabbed him with with both fists, something like that. He probably would be much better off. Mm-hmm. And uh, but the fact that this has taken some time, I'm sure the Leafs are combing through every cross-check and gonna and are gonna build a really strong case mm-hmm. of examples where guys got off for less. So the, we have recent experience uh, this team playing without its best defenseman a season ago. Between November and December, they were without Morgan Riley for 15 games. He had a knee injury. They won 12 of those games, yeah. uh, Luke, and they played outstanding defensive hockey. That was a different team in an overall sense. I mean, I, I keep rattling off the ice times in that first game without Morgan Riley, and 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 Justin Hall played over 25 minutes, and Mark Giordano played almost 25 minutes. I mean, is there anything though to be gleaned from that that month of play without Morgan Riley and 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 impacting the way you think this team will play with him without him for whatever the next one, two, three, four, five, maybe six games? Yeah, and and that's what you got to cling to, right? You got to cling to the notion that uh, when you, one of your big guys goes down, everyone else rises up. Everyone else sees this as an opportunity for hey, I need to step up because. I can't just rely on Morgan to break the puck out and, and get a, an assist and, you know, lead the rush, uh, you know, play those tough minutes in the, in the final minutes of games. Uh, now it's on me. Here's my chance. So you look at a guy in particular like Timothy Lilligren, who's had a very, you know, inconsistent at best season. You know, he hasn't taken that step to firmly establish himself as a top four defenseman. And he's at the stage in his development where you're waiting for him to do that or you just shrug your shoulders and say maybe this is what the guy is maybe he's just okay maybe he's just fine maybe he's a 
he's a he's a five six guy, and, and we have to live with that. So this is a golden opportunity for him to kind of change the, the narrative around his season. He's going to be up with with TJ Brody, who shifts to his left side, and so his minutes will go up. You know, a guy like William Lagason uh, has been healthy scratched a bunch and, and been itching to get in. He'll be on the second pair. Giordano has been healthy scratched a few times. He's fading in his, in his career. So, you know, there's motivation. There's individual motivation for these guys. Now, can they do it? Um, you know, I'd be surprised if, if they had the, the points percentage that the Leafs decor did last season yeah. when Riley went down. Just It's just a thin group, right? Uh, and And their confidence isn't high right now. But you know, here's your chance. Go out and do it. You know, the the Blues are fine. That they're, they're motivated. They're battling for a playoff spot. The Flyers, you know, they're they're a little bit depleted now. They're fading a little bit. Then you got the Ducks. Like these are teams you can beat, even with a, a thin blue line. This is a chance for them to step up. And so that's kind of what they're clinging to. The fact that they have done it in the past. You know, Sheldon Keith mentioned yesterday that the one game Austin Matthews missed was that blowout against the Pittsburgh Penguins at home. And he's like, that was one of our best performances all season. And we were missing our, our, our best forward. So, you know, you hope guys can rise to the occasion for these, for the short spurt, whether it's three games, whether it's six games uh, when Riley's out. It would help if they got better than average goaltending, which they haven't gotten in the, in the three games since the, the all-star break. And it really felt like Ilya Samsonov was, was turning back into his old self. Uh, Joe Wall practiced in full for the first time yesterday, but doesn't look like he's going to play tonight. Well, just nuts and bolts of that. Like, do you think we see Joe Wall at some point this week? Like, what's the timeline on his return if yesterday is his first full practice? Yeah, no, I'd be shocked if he played this week. I, I think they're they're taking it very slow. Um, you know, he said uh, I had a, a, a you know brief conversation with him yesterday. He said he, he was feeling good, uh, but he was pretty exhausted from that practice. He's like. I'm thirsty, and he, he grabbed a he grabbed a drink of water. Like he he it was the first real test of his ankle, so um, they're going to see how it feels. It's still very heavily bandaged up. They're going to be cautious here, so you know he's not going to back up tonight or anything like that. They're gonna they're going to use kid gloves here um, and, and really make sure he he's he's in in fine form. I would expect him to go on the road trip next week. Mm. Maybe he gets in the game there, but um, don't count on him playing any of these three games this week. All right. When he gets back in, like it does feel like the runway is there for him to reestablish himself as this team's number one starter. And we'll, we'll see like there's, there's games to play before he returns, but how do they handle his return? Like, is he, is he, Splitting time, are we back to like a mentality this team had at the beginning of the season where Ilya Samsonov got the first two games, but it was like game three was like, okay, back to Joe Wall's net, and they were they were kind of 1A and 1B for, for, for parts of the, the, the first month. Like where are we with this team's mentality as far as splitting time between he and Samsonov? I think we've reached the point where you just ride the hot hand. Like, you know, whether it's any one of the three at this point, like you need points. You're you're suddenly you're in a bit of a dogfight here. Uh, you know it, the benefit is the teams behind you aren't exactly you know lighting the world on fire. I'm not worried about the Leafs uh, getting you know losing out on a wild card spot at this point or anything like that. But you need to get some traction here. You know they haven't they've kind of limped their way out of the All Star break. They're playing pretty well beforehand. Um, they they're obviously affected by the injuries to uh, Callie Arncroft, who's kind of an unsung role player on this team. But 
you know, he does a lot of things defensively that help the group. They're not as good without him. Uh, David Camp uh, looks like he's going to make his return after missing a few games. He should be back in the lineup tonight. Uh, but, you know, they're kind of just scuffling along. So as far as the goaltending goes, whoever's hot, keep playing them. You know, I would expect Samsonov to get the net again after Jones had, you know, a pretty mediocre night in Ottawa. And then if Samsonov plays well, just keep riding him. If he, if he throws up a stinker, uh, you got to go back to Jones. Like, I think that's, that's kind of where we're at. It's not about, you know, balancing the workload. It's about who's going to give us a win. Yeah. Here, here's the bad part about that, though, is like, yeah, riding a hot hand is great. When someone's hot, like everybody's ice cold right now. It's, it, it hasn't looked like the same Samsonov we saw before the All-Star break in those two games since it. And yeah, Martin Jones, I think, understandably, is pumpkinized uh, on Saturday. Pumpkinized. <laughs> it's a good word. Yeah, feel free to use that in your, in your next on, uh, on sportsnet.ca. Luke, uh, always appreciate the time. Thanks for, for doing this today. All right, enjoy the game, Ben. Take care. Thanks, buddy. Uh, Leafs, St. Louis Blues tonight, Scotiabank Arena, 7 o'clock on Sportsnet 590, the fans. Yeah, I am of the belief. Maybe not so much with the officiating stuff in-game because, yes, I also see the style of game that the Leafs play and hasn't necessarily worked out in the postseason because, you know, their whole advantage of being able to, to capitalize on power play opportunities. Power play is our best revenge. Best revenge is living well. Best revenge is... Scoring on the power play doesn't work out so well if in the postseason they don't call nearly as many penalties as they do during the regular season or you got a, a Draymond Green type situation where there's only so many power play opportunities they can give you against the Florida Panthers because, you know, they're not going to call everything and it's diminishing returns in, in that regard. So maybe not the officiating stuff, tinfoil hat. But yeah, there's no question there's an element of being in the center of the hockey universe that impacts, well, yeah, the waiver wire stuff. How many no-name guys have we seen just not be able to pass through waivers because they're not no-name. They play for the Leafs. They wear a Leaf logo. So they, they have a name. And the supplemental discipline stuff. How about using that attention to your advantage? And no, it's not going to retroactively change things. If, if, if Morgan Riley is slapped with a six-game suspension today and Brendan Shanahan steps in a microphone and says, this is total BS and the, the standard is different here in Toronto because there is so much attention. It's not like George Farrell is going to say, you know what, he's, he's right. Never mind, one game. But you can't tell me that making a public statement like that won't have an impact. You know how I know? Because teams do it. Coaches do it, right? Sometimes you just can't help yourself. Like Darko Royakovich in, in L.A. With, against that Lakers team and the, the, the robbery of a victory from that Raptors team. Like, sometimes it's just emotional. Sometimes there is, you know, a strategy behind it. Paul Maurice showing the six fingers on his chest as far as power play opportunities against his team. You don't think that there is some intent behind that? If you have the, the attention of the hockey world on you and you're the Toronto Maple Leafs, why not, I mean, at least make an attempt to influence maybe the next incident that requires supplemental discipline and letting them know that you feel that it's unfair. We'll see. Again, we're putting the cart before the horse. Maybe it's one game. Maybe it's a, it's a fine. Who knows? I tend to think not. All right, time now for the Wake and Rake, presented by Sports Interaction, your homegrown sports book, Bet Local. Let's talk about this Leafs team and their game tonight at home against the St. Louis Blues. The Leafs 
are heavily favored. Minus 208 as the Blues plus 170 to win the hockey game. The total is six. And no, I don't want to lay the serious wood on the Toronto Maple Leafs. I think the Blues at plus 170 against the Leafs team that, yeah, played well without Morgan Riley for a month, a season ago, but is a very different defensive team this season. Pretty good value. And at worst, like the Blues plus a goal and a half at minus 139, I don't hate either. And the total of six, I love that over, especially with the way the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs goaltenders have played this season. Last year, the over was 2-0 and when these two teams met as they averaged 10 goals total in each game. That was The Wake and Rake, presented by Sports Interaction, your homegrown sportsbook, Bet Local. When we come back, let's hear from a guy who would know a little bit about what you're supposed to do as far as um, asserting your toughness in instances such as we saw at the end of Saturday's game. John Scott, host of the Dropping the Gloves podcast, former NHL forward and all-star, joins me next as the Fan Morning Show continues. I'm Ben Ennis, Sportsnet 590 The Fan.